Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is episode 27 of Coaching Connections. On today's episode, we have Coach Dave Klatsky of Colgate University. He's an assistant coach for that program. And we also have Coach Mike Jordan, who serves as an assistant coach for Drexel. Now, both of these guys have known each other for many, many years. They played college ball together at Penn. They served as assistant coaches on the Colgate staff. We had a great conversation, covered so many topics. This is a great episode. I hope you enjoyed just as much as I did. Dave Klatsky, Mike Jordan, episode 27. Let's get after it. What's up, Marcus? Morning, Coach. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? I can't complain, Coach. Get you That's a nice thing. Is that a mic there? Is that a microphone? I do have a microphone. Yes, sir. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Morning, Coach. Coach Jordan. What's up, What's up my man? How you doing? I'm good. Just trying to survive this Texas pandemic going on. It's it's crazy out here. Hey, Texas, you guys never closed down, apparently. And Houston is, is, is wild down there. Well, well <laughs> I, I really appreciate you guys taking some time out to uh, hang out and talk about you know, your journey, talk about life and, and some hoops in, in the process. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no thanks problem. for, uh, you know, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, I know we kind of discussed it a little bit, um, but but – COVID is, is, is out there right now. How has it kind of changed your day-to-day routine? What are you doing to, to stay busy, you know, keep yourself sane, and, and, um, and also trying to stay proactive and getting, making sure you're getting your work done and, and making contact with your kids? Yeah, I, I can start on that one. Um, obviously, it's way different. I think uh, at this time, what are we, July, I don't even know what day it is, but this would be right smack in the middle of, Recruiting. So we'd be probably on the road at this point or, or if we were back kind of talking about recruits, trying to figure out who we needed to see. And it's totally different. So on the recruiting aspect, we have really been trying to just get to know kids the best we can through text, Zoom, phone calls, uh, and then watching them just trying to watch as much film as possible from the season. And then believe it or not, there's a lot of tournaments going on right now that uh, I've been trying to watch AU tournaments that are streamed or on delay that you can kind of watch and, and get to see a kid as much as you can because not seeing them live makes a big difference. So um, that's on the recruiting side. On the team side, um, just trying to stay engaged with our players, get them on the phone, text them, trying to see what they're doing. It's hard. I, I, I've been struggling a little bit with, you know, it's been now – four or five months where you've been away from them and you just can't have the same relationship that you have with them through a phone call or through a text or through social media. Uh, so it's kind of, you don't really know what they're doing. You hope they're doing the right thing. You hope that they're, uh, you know, thinking about the right things and keeping team in front of everything, but working really hard on their individual games to help the team in the future. Uh, but for me, that's been the hardest thing is kind of feeling a little disconnected from our players and, and, and figuring out ways to try and, and fix that before we all get back together. Hopefully, you know, when school starts in a month and change. Coach Jordan. Yeah. For, for us, it's the, you know, it's the same thing. We try to, you know, have like a, a team zoom call, um, you know, once a week or uh, we'll break it up into uh, you know, four different, four guys each and, and then each coach will will switch off and have a zoom with you know the guards the, the wings the forwards the centers um things like that um i'm, I'm actually in a, in a new place um so i i am definitely struggling to, to get to know the, the new players you know over zoom is, is pretty difficult um but um 
you know, that that's that part. And then like Coach Kashki said, as far as recruiting, um, you, you just got to – you call your guys, you text the guys that you're looking at. Um, obviously not being able to see them um, throws a kind of a monkey kind of in everything that you're trying to do. Um, but like you said, you know, you try to watch those streams. AAU, I don't know how they're playing these AAU games and tournaments. But, you know, they are. So, you know, you got you to watch them, you know, if they're going to be playing. Um, and I'm not saying they should be playing or shouldn't be playing, but, you know, if they're going to be playing, then I'm going to watch the streams and, and, you know, try to, you know, follow the guys that, that we're looking at as much as I possibly can. And, um, you know, we've been doing, you know, Zoom calls. You're offering people over Zoom now. You know, before you get them on campus and, and talk to them face-to-face, sit them down in the office. And you can't do that anymore. So it, it's uh, definitely changed the landscape. And as far as, you know, just trying to stay sharp with things like that, you know, I've been working out my, you know, my daughter. <laughs> you know, I take her to the park and and then just go over some of the things, try to teach her some of the things that, that, I, uh, that I show some of the guys. And it's real basic, so it's easy easy for, for her and her, her little friends to um, – to, to figure out how to do it. No, you're right. You no, know, going back to to that uh, interaction with your players, it's tough. I mean, we can do it over Zoom, and and it's a little easier when you have that prior relationship. But like for you, Coach Jordan, going into a new situation, trying to learn uh, these these individuals and the personalities, it's it's really tough to do it over Zoom and and develop that that day to day relationship that you that you build with your players. I mean, there's no there's no substitute for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my my first. My first Zoom was with the with the wings, and it was it was real it was quick. You know what I mean? I, I asked them a scenario. I had posted it on Twitter about um you know taking a shot. You get one shot, you know, and the layup was fifty k, and the um, a free throw was a hundred k. Top of the key was five hundred seven fifty for a wing, and the, and the corner three was a million. And and each of them said they taken a million dollar shot. So you know, um, and after the, after we talked about that, then you know I try to get some stuff out of them but you know they don't know me so well so it was real quiet and I said all right well you know I really got nothing else for you unless you have some questions for me you know so you know that, that was one of the quick ones but you know like you said it's difficult of them not knowing me I don't really know their personalities um it would have been easier if we was you know face to face and could interact but you know you just gotta uh make do with what you have you know and try to try to do the best you can Absolutely. Coach Slatsky, you're, you're a numbers guy, right? A stats guy. Right. Which shot are you taking? So we talked about this. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not taking the three. I'm not taking a chance, a 40% chance of, 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 uh, of making it. So 60% chance of walking away with zero. I, um, I originally said the foul shot because I think I can make about 85 to 90% in that clutch situation. But if this was real, I'm probably just taking that layup and walking with my 50K. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's not a – whereas basketball is a long-run game, that's a one-shot game. So you got to think about the, your risk tolerance and, and whether you're okay with walking away with zero. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I took the layup as well, just so for the record. I'm taking the 50K, you know. <laughs> you know, everybody on the internet, you know, even I said the same thing online. No, I'm going to take the corner three. But in real life, if this is a real situation with real money, I'm just going to shoot a layup and take my 50 grand and call it a day. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Where did you guys grow up? Um, any, any influences in your life early on in your childhood that kind of pushed you towards this path, uh, this career path? Uh, I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I'm from uh, Germantown. I grew up in the city, um, in the Germantown section of the Philadelphia. Um, and 
for me, I, I, I've, I was fortunate to have very good coaches and, um, you know, I'm the oldest of seven, uh, single parent. Um, so, you know, my dad wasn't around. He ended up, you know, getting, getting killed when I was 13. Um, so for me, the, you know, and my neighborhood was, was a pretty rough neighborhood. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the older guys, you know, were, were in the game in the drug game. Um, so for me, it was my basketball coaches who were the positive male figures in my life. Um, you know, first started when, when I started first playing rec league at like the age of 13, uh, a guy named Calvin Lewis, who um, coached me at, at Waterview Recreation Center. And then after him, um, he passed, you know, he kind of like passed me over to, uh, you know, uh, John Harnett, who was my Sunny Hill coach and also like a, a mentor to a lot of guys in the city in the Philadelphia. You can, you can ask a lot of pros, a lot of college players um, about John Harnett and, and they'll all know who he is. Um, and then in high school, I got the chance to transfer to a private high school for high school, um, Abington Friends, where I was coached by, you know, Brian Schiff, Mike McCabe, um, Steve Chatwin. And, you know, through that relationship, I was able to get, um, you know, to Penn and play for a guy named Fran Dunphy, who's one of the, um, you know, one of the best in the business. Um, very stand-up guy, just an awesome human being. And for, so from my uh, relationship and my dealings with all of them um, just kind of, you know, pushed me in the, in the direction of, of, of being a coach. And, and I love basketball, so I always wanted to be around with it. And after I stopped playing, um, I got the opportunity to, to coach at Colgate uh, because of my my college teammate, Matt Langle, you know, who I've known since 96. So um, it was a perfect opportunity for me to continue to coach and also a way to me for me to give back uh, to others on what was given to me, you know? So, and then, uh, there was a guy also, sorry, I, I forgot to, to mention, and I don't, I don't understand how I did. Uh, his name was Kevin Rockman, who, um, who ran a league, uh, called the total response league. It was a, you know, a league in, in, um, inner city area we all played in. And he, he got me into the, uh, the private school. So he was the one to facilitate that, you know, that, that transition. And if I, if I didn't go to Abington friends, I probably, don't go to Penn, uh, and I probably don't end up where I am today. So, you know, I, I have to uh, definitely thank Kev, you know, Kevin Rockman for that. So, you know, that's that's how I ended up where I am now um, and why I coach is because of those guys and, and, and how they helped me become not just a better basketball player but a better person. You know, they they, they were all very, very influential in, in me being a, a good man and not just a, a good basketball player. Absolutely. Coach Klasky? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's I think it's kind of uh, awesome. I'll start with this in that my experience growing up and Coach Jordan, his experience growing up are totally different. But through the sport of basketball, we can come together and end up kind of on the same path. And it's just we talk about it all the time, but sports has that ability. Basketball, in particular, for us, has the ability to to bring together people. Uh, that you may never think would have been brought together. And, and now he's one of my really good friends and, and obviously was a staff mate for, for eight years. Was it eight years? Yeah, eight years. Eight. And um, it's just really cool. So uh, a little bit of a tangent there. But so I grew up in central Jersey, a little small town called Homedale, New Jersey, and played basketball my whole life. My parents, and especially my dad, who coached me all through childhood, 
probably the biggest factor in just kind of my path, just the, the who I am today and, and the drive and the, you know, the basketball knowledge that I have uh, coming from that early age. And then as I got to high school and college, I really never thought I was going to coach. I'll be honest. I, I love the game and I like knew that I knew the game well, um, but it never occurred to me that I would coach. And I think when I got to college and, you know, here's where our, our paths kind of collide, me and MJ, because I played at Penn also and Fran Dunphy, who was our coach, I really appreciated how he approached coaching. And it wasn't just basketball. Like I had a pretty good base of basketball, but he was about doing the right thing and helping people and the impact you have on others. And I never really thought about that growing up. And you just kind of, you know, when you're young, you just kind of go and, and, uh, and play and do what you do. Um, but that was like the first time that I was like, I mean, uh, this would be a, a pretty good path, but I still didn't jump right into it. I, I got a job um, on Wall Street dabbled around there for eight years, was coaching on the side actually. And uh, there was just a moment where I, it kind of clicked and I was like, yeah, I got to do this. This is like, I, I miss it too much. Uh, I'm an expert in the game. I want to give back. I had so many good experiences growing up that I wanted to be able to give that to others. And for me, that's kind of where I ended up. And then as, as coach Jordan said, uh, Matt Langle, who was a teammate of ours, got the Colgate job and, we talked through it and I was like, let's do this. Let's do this. And there's been no turning back. It's, it's been a passion of mine. Um, you know, I didn't have a bad job before, but you know, when that alarm went off, <laughs> I, I wish I could hit snooze and not go to work. Now I don't even consider it work. It's just kind of like an activity that, uh, that I enjoy that we happen to get paid for. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of been my journey through, through the ranks of, of how I got into coaching. You know, touching on that real quick. Um, you know, I've never heard a basketball coach, you know, you know we, we all pretty much love what we do. I've never heard a coach say, man, this, these last uh, 10 years feel like 50. I always, you always hear coaches say, man, these last 30 years have flown by, you know, and it kind of just shows, you know, how much, you know, when you love what you do, you know, it doesn't feel like work. It's just, and the time flies when, when you're having a good time. And then, and then touching back also what you were saying about you and MJ uh, growing up differently, uh, but, but coming together, you know, you know, we talked about it on another episode where, you know, I think, you know, without getting too political, but our, our, our nation could learn a lot from, from the locker room of, a, of an athletic program, right? And you got people from all over the place, different backgrounds, uh, but coming together to build that family atmosphere, I think it's a beautiful thing. I completely agree. I think it's, um, you know, once again, we're trying to get too political here, but just the perspective of learning from people that are different than you and that might have had different experiences. It helps. It helps you be able to open your eyes to different things. And to me, it's been great to be friends with him and, and everybody that is, you come across in your life. And I think in sports, the probability, getting back to numbers, of coming across someone that's different than you is very high. Whereas in a lot of places, it's the same people and you hear the same experiences and the same opinions. And, and then it's hard to change yours or, or have perspective that may be different than those that you're always around. So I think it's, I think sports is extremely valuable to just learn about yourself and others. Yeah. I couldn't have said it, said it any better. You know, I think Dave hit the, hit the, um, hit the nail on the head, you know, sports, I think it transcends a lot of, a lot of stuff, you know, and, and they, and it gets you, like you said, it gets you around different types of people with different experiences. And because of that, you know, I grew up 
you know, plan- I grew up, it was, you know, in, in inner city, it was predominantly black, you know, um, but through sports and my, and getting the opportunity to go to private school, I was able to interact with people that were way different than what I've seen, you know what I mean? And how I live. So, you know, it, it gave me an opportunity to, to, to see it on the, on the, on the other side of like, whoa, like, oh, you, you got that, you got this and, and things like that. And then when I went to Europe, you know, that opened up a, another whole, a whole, you know, just a, a, a another type of uh, experience when dealing with, you know, being in a different country, not speaking a language, uh, eating different types of food and, and definitely learning a, a whole bunch of different cultures. So I think sports transcends all that. And like you said, you know, our, our, we should take a page from it, you know what I mean, as much as we can, because I think it only helps. I appreciate you guys' insight on that. Um, Coach Jordan, you know, you just got uh, got hired on at Drexel. So talk about the emotions behind that, you know, leaving Colgate, you know, going back to your hometown. <laughs> man, it was uh, it was hard, man. You know, it was, it was one of the toughest decisions I think I, I've ever had to uh, – had to make, um, you know, as, as we said earlier, I've, I've been here for eight years, um, you know, Colgate, uh, you know, by way of Matt Langle gave me my first opportunity to coach. Um, and I've known Matt since 90s, 96, you know, summer 96. So I've known him for, for half my life. You know, I'm, I've, I think I'm closer to, he may be closer than some of my blood relatives, you know, my blood siblings. So um, it, it was hard to, to, to leave that. Um, and also we're, we're in a business where there's not a lot of, not a lot of security and not a lot of, um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a lot of honor, I guess, in this, uh, um, and this, uh, loyalty is what the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Not a lot of loyalty in this, in this business. You know, I, I talk to people all the time about how I love coaching. I love the career, but the business is, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so to have that, you know, that loyalty and that uh, security um, here, you know, because Matt has, you know, he's done what no other Colgate coach has ever done. You know, I think right now he's probably the best all-time, you know, greatest coach Colgate has ever had. You know, so um, just to, to leave that. And then the way of life, you know, Hamilton is small. It's a small town, but I got three little girls. and. I'm five minutes from them all the time, you know, and, and we, we got a good staff. Like when I tell you, like we have a good, like a really good staff, you know what I mean? I trust these guys, you know, with my children, you know, um, and I think they, they trust me the same way. So we have a really good staff, really good situation. Um, team is really good. You know, we're, we're going to compete, you know, for, for a championship every year. Um, good players, you know, who I absolutely love. Um, they might not think I do, but you know, um, I do. Um, so it was hard, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard, um, just the way of life and, and things like that. But then on the other hand, you got, you know, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, I haven't been home really in 20 years because after Penn, I went to Europe. After Europe, I came right up here. Um, and then, you know, um, just that's my community. You know, and, and then you, you look at the social aspect of it and what's going on with the country and, and you just, you, you want to be able to give back and, and, and help your community. And what what other, what a better way than being immersed back into, you know, where you're from and being able to help, you know, help majority uh, people that look kind of, that look like you, you know what I mean? Um, 
And, you know, that was, that was weighing on my mind as well. It's like, I can, you know, I can be physically, it's different when people know who you are, but you're far away than them seeing you right there and being able to physically, you know, reach out and touch you and and things like that. So, you know, that, that paid, that, that, uh, that played a part in it as well, but it it was really hard, man. It it was really, really hard. Um, But, you know, uh, Colgate will be fine and hopefully, uh, you know, we can, you can turn it around at Drexel and, and, and get the thing moving forward. Coach Klasky, you have uh, your own podcast series, Stat Chat. You know, for those that don't that don't know, uh, what are you guys highlighting on that on that series? So it, it's kind of become a combination of a couple things. Uh, I originally started it as a way to touch on different programs and how they use analytics. And it's been, it's like blown away my expectations of, of what it was going to be. Because at first I just thought, you know, I had a small list of guys that I was like, you know, I may even do like five to seven episodes and call it a day. And in talking to a lot of these people, I, I realized I was learning a ton mm-hmm. and that other people could learn a lot from the, from these shows as well. So I've kept with it. I, you know, I, it, it's kind of nothing set. I don't do like one a week or one every two weeks. I kind of, uh, when I get to one, I'll, I'll post one or I'll do one. And I've learned a ton and it's kind of got a niche following at this point where a lot of, as coach Jordan calls nerds, um, <laughs> talk and listen and, and, uh, talk numbers and just kind of figure out things that you can do as a program or things that have helped your program that could help another program and, uh, just kind of discuss, where the statistical world is going and the analytics behind it. That's awesome. Like you said, I'm sure it's got a, a real, uh, I guess, uh, a niche of people that are really into it. And I guess Coach Jordan, uh, not so much, right? No, I got I to gotta get into it. You got to, you got to, uh, you know, I got to diversify, <laughs> diversify my, uh, my skill set. So I told Klasky that I'll be calling him to, because he was, the, you know, he, he did all the number stuff here. So it was like, all right, I'll just – ask him when I got a question so but I, I gotta I gotta learn it because I think the a lot it has a lot to do with um with the game and things like Absolutely. that I think, I think it's a it's a major part in uh in, in the game now you, you know what I mean so something that I need to learn and, and probably need to get on Kenpon a little bit more than I did the last you know last few years or last eight years <laughs> <laughs> well you, you both guys both you guys played at Penn um, had great careers, right? You know, Big Five Hall of Fame, Ivy League played a year, Coach Jordan. Coach Klasky, I saw you set some assist records. Um, now, both yeah, of you guys. Where you're going with that. I, I, I had a good career. <laughs> like Coach Jordan's. Uh, now, I was, I was, uh, I was like a, a strong role player on some really good teams, is, is, the, is what I, the way I would put it. But, but good careers for the both of you, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll just we'll leave it there. And, and then you throw Coach Langle, who also played at, at Penn. And so you guys had this relationship. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but but now you know you guys were all brought together for for at least the last eight years. Um, how has that prior relationship helped in and being able to do what y'all have done at Colgate? Because y'all have done some pretty amazing things, especially in, in the last you know four or five years. Yeah, I, I mean it's been super important. Uh, is the is the short answer and the continuity that we've had with, so I'm entering my 10th year, coach Jordan just finished eight. We had another guy, Mike McGarvey, who did 
uh, I believe it was six or seven with us. So for a while we had the same staff and um, touching on your question, the fact that we had prior relationships, I think was huge because you already have a little bit of that trust and friendship built in that you're not uh, like trying to establish or learning about somebody. So we, we had that going in and it just strengthens. So an example may be like, I know, I know coach Jordan, like uh, I've played with him. He's, he's volatile at times, but like we've had enough experiences together that like, it doesn't bother me. Like he, you know, we might be playing threes and he might explode on me, but I, I know at the end of the day, our goals are the same. We're trying to help this team be the best they can be. And we're both going to forget about it 30 seconds later. So like those things really help. And then just knowing how Matt operates because we know him as a person has been really important and uh, I think really valuable for the team because we are a united front and we have been, like MJ said, our staff has been, it's been like very enjoyable to be part of the staff. And I think if it's not that shows, you can't really hide that. And the players, they feed off of that. But since we are so together and it's real, it's hard for them to like try and find fractures, which kids always try and do and and uh try and like expose those fractures so it's it's been really valuable i would say having this staff in place yeah i agree with what coach klasky is you know having that previous relationship um it's e it helps you know just build the, the trust that you already had you know what i mean and like you said we to know like i, I know dave i know matt for for <laughs> you know more than 20 years you know what i mean and we we've, we've had we got a bond that and you can't break, like Dave said. We we don't always agree, but you know we're, we're family at the end of the day. Um, our wives, our our children, they're they're like you know they're like brothers and sisters, you know, and they they share no blood, you know. And I think that's how our relationships are as well. And I think it makes it easier for us to get done what we need to get done because we have that trust, even if we disagree. And you know we've had arguments about players, about plays, and, and what to do, and things like that. But like you said, we're family, you know, we, we disagree, uh, you know, obviously Matt has the final say and, you know, we go about our business, you know, and, and it's all love all the time. My dogs are barking one second. <laughs> I've got two, uh, two Italian masters. And so, Oh Jesus. I think they're quiet now. Anyway, um, you know, just to touch on that, I think it's crucial for, for the staff to be on that, on that, I mean, maybe not on a 20-year level, but just to be on that level where it's a united front, like you said. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all the way in Texas, but because of our, our little link with, with, with Burns and, and following your program the last few years, uh, just from afar, you can see it, and it stands out. You know, you guys are all on the same page. And so I just wanted to, to acknowledge that and point that out. And, and also to, to thank you guys because, you know, I'm watching from afar, but I'm, I'm learning just the same as, as everybody else just – you know, what are they doing? You know, how are they interacting, and, and just things of that nature. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to to, to like you said to go into work. Like you, you look forward to it. It's not a job, and when you genuinely like and care for the people that you work with, you know, it makes everything way easier. So to to elaborate on on what you guys have been able to do at Colgate, um, let's talk about uh, the season before this last one where you where you uh, won the conference championship. You know, you made some history, went, went to the big dance, and, and you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tennessee. Just talk about that season, you know, the emotions behind it, the excitement. You know, what are some of the things that stick out? I just remember, uh, like, you know, we, we had a very good team, you know, very talented. Um, Rap had um, 
had just got cleared to play. So he, he was excited about that. Um, he came out, had a monster first game. Um, I think we ended up losing that game, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we ended up losing that game. Um, he had a monster game. Um, you know, so we, we, were, we were like in the mix. We were in the mix. And then we got to league play, uh, and Jordan had a bad ankle sprain. I think he missed five league games. And during that time he was out, you know, we were like, damn, like, what are we going to do here? You know, what are we going to do? And then the guy stepped up. And I think, you know, um, because, of, because of, of that five-game stretch, it allowed the other guys to kind of, you know, assert themselves and, and become, you know, more, more involved and things like that. And I think when he came back, he hit the ground running as well. So now you got him coming back and he's playing at a high level and everybody else had raised their level because he wasn't there. And that's when we started to make that, that crazy run and, and take it to the tournaments. But my, my favorite memory is, you know, those guys um, just coming together and, and, and winning the league. You know, it was something that we, that we thought about. Um, the guys that were year, there the year before were pissed off because of how we lost in the championship at Bucknell the year before. And they, they wanted revenge. So, um, you know, that, that was kind of like a motivating force for them. And they wanted to do something that, that uh, hasn't been done at Colgate since, you know, since Colgate had the top three pick in the NBA draft. So, um, you know, for me, it was my, my greatest memory was, was, was them, them, those guys celebrating and cutting down the nets and getting an opportunity to experience something that we both did as players. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the process of from where we came from to getting to that moment, I, I mean, there were, there were times early on where I was like, we, we just don't have a chance. Like, this is like, we just can't win recruiting battles. We, we you know, the, the facility is this and that. Like, just making excuses in my own head, but uh, kind of believing that if we just stick with it, we're doing the right thing, we're going to get there. And I think uh, there's a quote, the, the more – the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. And I felt that when we finally won because we had been through a lot. And each year it seemed like we were close, but we just couldn't get over the hump. And then, as Coach said, uh, as, as MJ said, when, when Burns went down, it was like, and I think we were like 500 at the time in the league. And it was, it, we were kind of, like we knew we were good, but we didn't know that we could win the league yet. And then those games, I think we went three and two in his absence, which was a home run because we were, we were like, oh, man, right, so if we're 0-5, then we'll be three and eight or something, you know, and, and have no chance. And then he comes back and we just rolled. We just rolled. So it was, it was great. And, and at that time, you know, when we were rolling, we were the best team. We felt like we were the best team. We knew winning was going to be tough. It always is tough. But we were playing at a really high level. and we kind of played our best basketball at the end of the year, which is what you got to do. And, and you know, the, the feeling I describe when people ask me is it was just pure joy. Like as coaches, when you win, you're relieved. When you lose, you're so mad. But this was one of the few times when that buzzer sounded and we were champs. I had that feeling of joy that you get on the other side. And I was just like, we did it. I, I can't believe we did it. Like I'm so proud of these guys. I'm so proud of our staff. It was just like a really – special moment um you know we had done it as players as favorites in all the three years that i won we were favorite uh, no two of the years were favorites one we were underdog but not an underdog like colgate from where colgate had come so i feel like 
it just was such a, a big moment for the school, the, the program, the players, the staff. It, it, was, it was really special. It was a really special moment. It was awesome to see. I, I was at Dr. Allen's house um, with, with Jordan's dad and, and, and Coach Olendike, and we were there watching. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even a part of you guys' staff, but I was just proud and, and, and knowing, knowing where, where the program came from and to see those guys and to see Jordan have some success. And then to see you guys play extremely well in the, in the tournament, you know, I thought you guys were going to be able to pull that one off. I mean, we, we flew up to, to Ohio to watch that game, and it was, it was exciting. It was exciting. Yeah, man, it was, it was a very exciting game. And, you know, you hate to say on what ifs, but, you know, uh, like we just needed, we just needed one, uh, you know, if, if Rap could have played, I think, I think he kind of helps us. Oh, for sure. Because he's a, you know, he's a bigger guy that can stretch the defense. And I don't think, I don't think Tennessee would have been used to, to, to their big man stepping out, guarding, guarding that, you know, that aspect of, of, of how we play. So I think that would have made a difference. And, you know, but even without him, you know, we were right there. You know, we talk about this, you know, we, we, I've talked about this with, with people, you know, Ferguson had a wide open three. Yeah. Um, where he took literally 15 seconds to shoot it, it felt like, <laughs> and he missed. And then they ran down and got an and one, you yeah. know? So it's like, if he, you know, if that goes in, that changes the whole complexion of the game. Instead of them running down and getting an and one, we get the three instead, you know, and it, it just changed the momentum. And then they get a little bit tighter, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe, uh, what's, the, what's the guy that hit the, the big three in the corner? Um, oh, right? yeah. Was it Grant? No, the uh, the the, the Brolic wing, strong. Uh, he had sir. Uh, Admiral, like a, Admiral, Admiral. Yeah, Admiral Schofield. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe he's just a little bit, you know, a little bit more, you know, tight. You know, when yeah. he gets that ball in the corner, if 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 the, he had a couple of those in that corner. Yeah, he had a couple in the corner, man. You know, there were big time shots. You know, and at the end of the day, it it comes down to who makes more plays. You know, at, yeah. at the end. Of and he stepped up and, and hit, you know, hit his hit his shots when when they when they needed him, and that that was the difference. But it, it was a good game. I think it was a good experience for our guys. Um, I just wish we could have got got to the next round, you know, because I think we were really really close. And, and you know, Burns just had a hell of an individual uh, um, uh, performance as well. So when you see a guy like Burns, just kind of in that zone as as coaches, you know, on that stage, you kind of just stand back and let him do what he's doing? Or what are you guys talking about in your huddle? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I, I think our guys in general, we want them to play like that. We want them to feel free and, and take the shots that they believe are good shots and they've worked on. Uh, and him in particular, I mean, he's got a confidence level um, warranted that he can do things like that. When he gets cooking, he can cook. So um, for sure in that game – you know, it's not – you're not trying to reel him back. You're, you're kind of like do what you have to do, and he's, he's got that kind of ceiling, and, and everybody in the country got to see it that day. But that, that goes for our whole team. We want our whole team playing free and, uh, and confident at all times. And they all, they all do it, you know, within the confines of, of what we're trying to do, which makes it, you know, easier to let them play. Because they're not out there, you know, breaking out of the, the system, you know, so, and trying to do do it on their own, like it's all the shots and things that were taken are things that we we worked on and things that we go over. So, you know, it was it was it was fun. It was fun to see, and you know, I wish a couple more of them would have fell. 
and Schofield would have missed a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's a tough player. I mean, he's obviously an NBA guy. Um, but it, it was fun to watch. It was, it was fun to, to watch that. And, and like I said, I wasn't a part of anything, but I felt like I was a part of it. I was so immersed into the whole, the whole scenario. You know, let's talk a little bit briefly about a film session for you guys, you know, maybe for the younger, younger coaches or for, for younger athletes. You know, what does a, a college film session look with, with you guys? I think that's changed over the years. And so we used to do a whole lot. I mean, especially as players, we did a whole lot of team film in which you would see a lot of negative stuff and you'd be sitting in film, like, please don't show mine. Please don't show mine. Cause you know, you're about to get blasted. That's kind of changed with, I think this generation, um, they, they just don't handle it as well. And that's fine. That's it's what, what it is. So for me, I like to try and watch, individual film with guys and in those individual moments you can be a little bit more critical because you've established a trust and you're not showing them up in front of their teammates so the other thing i like to try and do is i don't like to go more than 15 minutes 15 20 minutes because guys lose focus and if they're just watching and not and like they're like zoned out they're not learning so after a game you know, we'll watch their minutes. Sometimes we'll break it down. Sometimes I'll even take a, a video of while I'm watching and send them and send it to them and either good stuff, bad stuff, uh, but try and show them everything because they want to see their good stuff too. And, but they also need to learn. So as I feel like our jobs are to like nitpick a little bit, but for, but also show them what they're doing well to keep doing that well. So we, we definitely do a lot of film guys come in pretty much after every game and we'll do, we'll do team film, occasionally after games and show some good stuff and then maybe a sprinkle of stuff that as a team we can get better at. Yeah, he pretty much, you know, summed it up. Um, and I don't even like to go uh, 20 or 15, 20. I'm like five to 10, you know. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's, it's uh, you know, I show them some of their stuff, but then we just look over clips of, of other people and it's like, yo, you can learn from this. And Absolutely. and. I think what we do that's uh, that's unique is um, we allow them to, you know, what did you see here? And they can go and tell us, ah, I should have, you, you know what I'm saying? So like Dave said, when, when we were coming up, it was like, oh, damn, like he's going to play that. He's going to play that clip where I know I went for that steal and I wasn't supposed to and we got burned. He's going to rewind it 17 times. But when you're one-on-one and you kind of point it out, and then you, you know, or you let them point it out and say, all right, you, you play the play and you stop it. And you go back and you say, explain to me, you know, what were you thinking here and, and what was the right play? Because yeah. you, you made the wrong play, but tell me what was the play you should have made. And I think that is more beneficial, to, you know, to, to this generation of, of player, as, as Dave said, you know, point out the good things. But also, it's a coaching moment for them so they can see and correct themselves like, oh, this guy was wide open, you know, the defender, he, he took one step this way. That's when I should have passed it, mm-hmm. you know, instead of taking that extra dribble and giving him a chance to recover, you know, to our wide open shooter. So, um, and, and it's a way of player development without, you know, taxing your body. So we take, we take full advantage of that, you know. That's great stuff. Great. That's beautiful insight. Um, you know, speaking about learning from other people, you know, talk about a guy like Will Raymond a little bit. You know, what, what could – young players learn from a guy like Will Raymond, who defensive player of the year in the conference, um, but could still give you 20 and 10 on any given night. 
you know, whatever you needed on a certain night, it seemed like he provided that, whether if he was scoring five points but grabbing 12 rebounds or defending the best player or scoring 30, right? I mean, you know, what could a younger player learn from a guy like that? I'll start because this is Coach Classy's, like, son here, so I'll let him finish it out. But, um, yeah, Will is um, one of my favorite players um, to, to coach, one of my favorite players to watch because he plays – he reminds me of, of, of how guys played when I, when I was coming up, and, and that's hard as hell. You know, he's one of the hardest working, hardest playing guys um, that, that I've ever been around, you know, and he's – only cares about winning. So I think for young players watching Will, you got to watch how he plays the game, how he approaches the game. He's about his business and he plays hard as hell and he only cares about winning and he only wants to get better. He's a good dude. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. He's just to put it in perspective and I don't have the exact numbers. I'm going to, I'll get close, but his freshman year when we were, Average probably a four or five seed or maybe the six seed in the Patriot League. He averaged 16 points a game or 15 points a game as our leading scorer. Now, most freshmen go like this each year, right? It's just you get better. And he got way better, but his numbers scoring went down because the team got better. And he understood that I'm not no longer the first option. We are a better team. We then got second, first, first the next three years, and he averaged – you know, 13, 12, and 12 or something like that. But what he did on the court, he climbed immensely with value, even though it wasn't through points. And his defense by his senior year, I felt like he was guarding all five guys because someone would get by and we'd be like, oh, and then Will would be there. And he'd take a charger, he'd block a shot, or he'd make him miss. And, and I think, like Coach Jordan said, that guy wanted to just win at all costs. And he'd sacrifice his body, he'd sacrifice points. He'd sacrifice whatever he needs to to win the game. And, and to me, if you're watching somebody play at a young age and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to be the guy that jumps the highest or the most talented, and I want to affect the game the most I can, he's the guy to watch. Because um, while I think we – this is obviously biased, but I think we had the three best players in the league this year, it, you know, he could have arguably been player of the year – and average probably the 10th highest point total in the league. And that's just such a testament to as valuable as he is in all other aspects of the game besides just scoring. So he's a special kid, a special person. I hope his jersey is hanging from the Raptors someday. But he's just an example of, of you know, sacrifice and, and wanting to win at all costs. Yeah, it's, it's got to be up there. He broke all of Donald Florida's records. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's got to be up there. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear and, and good to hear your perspective on that. I know, I know in the youth and, and, and I'm at the high school level and, and even younger, we deal with the middle school guys uh, coming up. But, you know, they're, they're all focused on I've got to score 20 or 30 to be effective. I've got to score. I've got to score. And sometimes at the expense of, of the team, right? And so it's good to hear and refreshing to hear and, and how impactful he was in the game, even when he wasn't scoring. And I noticed that his average did drop a little bit, point total. Uh, but but like you said, the team was just so much better, and you guys are a lot more competitive and and winning the league and stuff like that. And he never he never once complained about that, you know. To to me anyway, I've never heard him complain one time about you know his 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 average going down. Like yeah. most kids will be like, man, I averaged seventeen last year. Now I'm only averaging twelve. You know, I'm gonna leave. 
you know what I mean? That's that's the attitude of, of the of the kids nowadays, and, and and that's that's not him at all. So you know, he's as I said, he's one of my favorite favorite guys. Talk a little bit about some impactful moments that you've had in your career, um, where it goes beyond basketball, beyond coaching the game. I think, Either one. I think there's a, a lot of small moments that you realize the impact that you have uh, on players and. Um, I think part of the reason we coach is to have those, those moments. And to me, it's, it's like, it's special watching guys grow over the course of four years. They come in as freshmen and, you know, they, they kind of think they have the world at, at their, at their behest or, or whatever that word is. But um, they learn so much from us as examples. Um, you know, one, one example is we had a guy, you know, a few years back, he, he battled some injuries and, and, um, you know, was struggling off the court and uh, just a guy that you can bring to, to, to lunch and just remind him of the things that are going well in his life. And, and he responded well to that. And, you know, I saw his mom later in his career and she, she thanked me so much for just being able to, to do that. It had nothing to do with basketball. And you just feel good about those things when you can kind of connect to a guy and, and help him realize where he's at in life. Even when things are going bad, you might not be playing well. The injury might have sustained a little bit longer than you wanted to, but you still got a lot of good things going on. And it's you know it's our job to kind of direct these kids and, and help them in any way possible. Really, yes, we're going to do it on the court, but honestly, the, the ball stops bouncing, and and they're going to hopefully remember our influence and that they enjoyed being with us, and that they can look back at these four years or four or five years and say those guys really had my best interest at heart and I want to help people the way they helped me. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that as well. It's just watching, watching the guys grow as, as men, you know, um, they, they, they kind of come in as, you know, as, as boys and, and they leave as men. And I think the, the, the best thing about that is, is watching them develop and, and grow and mature and become, you know, become men and, you know, own their, you know, take responsibility for their actions and, and things like that. So I don't have an, a, a, any particular one I'd, I'd share, but just the, of being a mentor um, to these guys and, and, you know, and helping them become, you know, better, you know, helping them become men. Yeah. No, it's, it's good stuff. Guys, have y'all seen that stuff on Marbury documentary? I have not seen it yet. I'm, uh, are you talking about the kid from Coney Island? That yes. one? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta watch that. I heard it was pretty decent. I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's really good. It, it talks about you know his his rise and then his fall and then him rising again. I thought that was that was a neat perspective. It was, it was really nice. Well, then I guess I ain't got no questions about Stephon Marbury. They're gonna get some NBA discussion here. I can't yeah, well, wait. well, well. I mean, they, they talked about his class. You know, his his McDonald's All American class and his and his rookie class. And you're looking at guys like Kobe and Iverson and those guys. And that's got to be one of the best classes ever to come in. Um, you guys have any particular Kobe memories? Any, any of your favorite Kobe memories? MJ does. Yeah, I, I've, I, I got uh, quite a few. But um, it was funny because I was just on a, a, a Zoom the other night and they were talking about the time when, when Kobe uh, was in high school and he cooked Stackhouse. Um, they were having a uh, – I think John Lucas was the coach at the time. And, you know, Stackhouse was out there, you know, playing, they playing a pickup game and Kobe was in there and Kobe was cooking. 
Like yeah. it was bad, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Stackhouse might not, you know, admit this, but Kobe was giving him the business. And there was the uh, uh, Katz, who's the owner of, uh, who's the owner of the series. Like, who, who, where's that kid from? And they're like, Lower Marion. They're like, no, I don't care where he lives. Like, where, where is he from? And they go, no, he's in high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he gave him everything he needed, you know, everything he wanted at the time. And, you know, Stackhouse was pretty good. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a high school kid, you know, just, just giving him the business like that. Um, it was 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 very impressive. There was a lot of NBA guys out there, and Kobe was the only high school dude out there, and he was probably the best player on the floor. So um, you know, and then we played together in the Concha Hawken tournament, and um, you know, you just watching him play and watching him grow, like, and, and I tell our guys all the time, like, you you can't go from zero to Kobe, you, you know, um, you got to go, you got to, you can't go from A to Kobe, you got to go A, B, C, and work your way down there, and just watching him continuously get better year after year after year is a testament to how good he really is, you know, cause he's got all the fancy stuff, but he's one of the most fundamentally sound basketball players, you know, that I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? So I, I try to, you know, tell our guys like, yo, don't, don't look at this stuff that he, that he's out there doing now because he got to that point because he mastered yeah. everything else. And then he was able to add on top of that. So, um, you know, he was just a phenomenal talent, man. From a young age, you knew he was going to be special, and he destroyed everybody. You know, we all played on the all-star team together, and we all averaged, you know, 25 and 20 for our schools. But then when we came together and played with him, it was like, uh, okay, MJ, play defense and give Kobe the ball. So, you know, that was my job. For me to stay on the floor, I had to play defense and make sure Kobe got the ball whenever he wanted it. So. Like pass the ball to Will, right? Pass the ball to Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like on Fresh Prince, give, pass the ball to Will, give it to Will. You know, we all knew our, our, our jobs. And if you didn't know your job, you know, Sonny Hill, the guy who, who ran the league, was going to come in and, and tell you. Because one game, uh, one game we're, we're playing up there, and Abdul Collier has probably taken seven or eight more shots than Kobe did in, in the first half. And Sonny, you know, and, and, and that, we had a bunch of coaches, man, that were, you know, uh, these are names probably people don't know, but John Harnett, you know, uh, uh, Bruiser Flint's father was, was, was our coach. Um, Claude, you know, Claude Gross, T. Shields, those guys were all coming in the locker room at halftime. Whether we were up 10, down 2, up 20, and would call us every name in the book and curse us out and everything, man. So, you know, going through that is like there's nothing any college coach can say to me that's going to rattle me because I've went, been through that, you know what I mean? Sure. And then we come out after – so back to the story, sorry. Abdul had been shooting way too much. You know, and, and Sonny Hill came in the locker room and he goes, Abdul Kyer, who the, do you think you are? You know, he's yelling and yelling. You know who this is? This is Kobe Bean Bryant. You don't shoot the ball more than the bean, okay? And, and then he looks at the coach and he goes, and if you MFers got a problem, if he's got a problem with that, don't put us back in the game. Take his jersey and keep his locker room. And all of us, you know, all the other guys, we sitting over there, you know, laughing on our, you know, trying not to get caught laughing. And Abdul's sitting there, you know, he's mad. So I'm, I'm better than Kobe. And they're like, yo, it was, it was insane. Then we got back out there. His dad starts speaking Italian, and Kobe goes off for like 40 or something like that. So, <laughs> dude, dude was incredible, man. Dude, dude was incredible. For sure. Sklatsky, you're a, you're a point guard, a college point guard. You know, yeah. great assist to turnover ratio. Like I said, you know, if you had a name, top three point guards of all time. 
What'd you put in that? Well, the point guard position has changed so much. You know, I I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Chris Paul. I know he's getting old now, so he's not, he's not what he was, but another, you know, coach Jordan was talking about Kobe and the fundamentals, but one thing that I like, he, that stuff is all, I couldn't agree more, but that man is a killer. And Chris Paul to me is just like competitive and like, I wanted him to win a championship so bad when he had a couple of those good teams mm-hmm. uh, with the Clippers, but he just couldn't get it done. He's, he's always been one of my favorites just because he's such a leader, good passer, good shooter. Um, nowadays, I mean, I was always a big fan of Steve Nash. I think he kind of changed the game uh, just with his ability to just have the ball in his hands and, and make a lot of good decisions. And then, like, I don't know if Steph is considered a point guard, but another guy that, to me, just changed the game. and you guess you could call him a point guard. He's more of like a scoring guard, not a point guard. But to me, those three guys are all a little bit different, but they're all like – I feel like they all kind of change the game a little bit uh, for the position. So those yeah, 100% three guys. Right. 100% right. You look at yeah. Steve Nash and how he evolved the game. And and, yeah. and Steph Curry, you look at everybody these days, they're, they're all trying to play like Steph Curry. Uh, he's really, really had a – left a, a huge uh, imprint on the game. So definitely a game changer. For sure. You know, uh, the NBA reported, I guess they had zero cases. I guess they just did a retest. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I guess obviously they're in a bubble. The following protocol, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure we could all learn a little something from that, right? I mean, just follow the rules and. <laughs> right, right. I, I think anytime these reports come out and they're like that, it's good news for everybody. I, we don't know what's going to happen with our season. And the fact that you can have it basically means that it's the virus isn't just floating around if you follow the rules and when i hear news like that i get a little encouraged that you know we can get back to to playing um then you hear some of the colleges that are back now and they have 25 30 kids test positive and then i get a little bit worried about the season but um i think with time things can happen treatment vaccines uh more studies done on what works to prevent it, how it's spreading. All these things have improved over the last two months. So I feel like with time, we can get to a place where people are secure and feel safe playing that there's not going to be the worst case scenario, which, you know, nobody wants that, obviously. But I just hope we can we can get to that place in the next couple of months and, and have a season. For sure. You know, uh, you guys talked about Kobe's killer mentality. Chris Paul's killer mentality. My question to you guys is, is that something that, that can be taught or is that something that, that a person just kind of has in them? It's a great question. Great question. I think it can be fostered. I think it's a little bit innate, um, you know, and, and that's part of the, we talk about it all the time in our office is we want, we want guys like that. We want killers. Like, you know, we want guys that want to win at all costs. That's how we are. You know, I, I don't even like losing in sorry to my four-year-old these days. Um, <laughs> and I know coach Jordan doesn't like losing in anything. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's hard. I think, I think we look for it. And then when we get it, we try and foster it and we try and build it and we try and also contain it. You know, like there's some guys that, uh, that they need it scaled back to the point where they can control it control the, the emotion of, of being emotional at times both ways. So um, it's definitely something that's, that's like you go on for hours about this discussion, whether it's, you know, innate or, or taught, but I think it's a little both. I think you can always try and help with it. And then some people just have it. 
So it's right in the middle for me. Yeah, I think I think you you, you have to have it, and if you have enough people that have it, and you put someone in that environment, they either have to get it or they're going to leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a way, like coach said, you foster it. And if you get thrown into that environment, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, like a a dog eat dog type thing. And Mm -hmm. if you, if you don't step up to it, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be left behind. So, um, like I said, you want that in the guy, like that's the first thing I look for when I recruit is like the Will Raymond. I'm like, yo, this dude plays hard. He's got dog in him. You know, he, he doesn't care. And you get enough of those guys on the team. Now the guys that not necessarily have it, they got it. They got to get it or they, they're not going to play. You know, they're going to fall at the wayside. And then that, that's how you kind of can weed some of those guys out. It's like you, you got to step up and, and, and accept the challenge or you're going to just get rolled over every day. I agree. I agree with both of you guys. You know, and those guys either have to assimilate or, or, or get left behind. Yeah. So, last question. Dream team or redeem team? Who wins uh, one game? Just one game. Dream team. Dream team. <laughs> Best compilation of the past. Yeah, not, not, not even close. You know, I, I agree. The dream team by far. <laughs> I agree 100%. You know, but when I ask my kids at school, you know, obviously they're going to go with the redeem team. And, yeah, yeah, because they don't know. <laughs> or even, even the guys in the mid-20s, you know, oh, redeem team all day, redeem team all day, so. Yeah, I wanted they, to ask you guys and see your thoughts. Yeah, they don't know. It's because they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, thank you guys for taking some time out to talk. And uh, and, uh, and I wish you guys the best moving forward, you know, with the new position at Drexel. Uh, with thank the you. With the team, uh, Coach Klatsky. And, and hopefully we all get to have a season and, and successful ones at that. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Keeping our fingers crossed to see how this thing's going to work out. Also, we gotta get these get my kids back in school somehow. So, gotta make, gotta make sure it's safe for that man. They they gotta go back to school. This home's I'm no teacher, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun, Marcus. Uh, anytime, uh, appreciate you having us on. Yes, sir. You guys be safe and you take care of yourself. All right, boss. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.